0: Welcome to Expanding Reality. Uh, We are going to be doing something very special on this show. Uh, We are going to do the first ever Sharing is Caring cast. Uh, Just a little idea that we are going to raise the uh, collective consciousness with other shows in similar groups. So what we're going to do with this one is uh, Amy Belair and I are going to split this episode into two parts. Number one, it's an awesome interview. It's our follow-up with... Uh, Joe Thomas about Gaia's Ascension, so it's very interesting, we get to go a little bit more in depth with it, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna split this into two parts. Part one, you're hearing right now. Part two is already linked down in the show notes. It's already ready to go. It's released. It's just over on Amy Blair's podcast platform, The Third Eye Awakening. So go over there and check that out. Now, Amy and I both tag team in this episode, which is great. So you're just going to hear the episode in two parts on each other's platform. It's a lot of fun. It's it's going to be something I really hope that other podcasters do and other content creators do to kind of, you know, uh, explain or expose their audience to other people uh, that they know that they find valuable themselves, uh, me be finding Amy valuable, uh, and also being able to just expand their reality through other people's content. Um, Amy does a wonderful job over there. Uh, she's had me on her show. I've had her on here, guys. You know how I feel about her. She's Soul Sister, for sure. So that long ass intro was all to say uh we're doing this cool thing here you go uh here is the episode with amy belair and joe thomas all right ladies and gentlemen we are extremely extremely excited we always have special episodes for you guys but this one is a super duper special episode is that right amy yeah, special okay. Episode. special. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure I pronounced that right. Uh, we have uh, Joe Thomas back uh, for part two of Guys Ascension, and we have way more questions and answers, and that's why Joe showed back up uh, graciously to do so. And uh, the special special part of this is being joined today by Amy Belair. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How cool is this? And of course, William. We can't, you know. And William. That. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> no, okay. uh, I know. So cute. Uh, So also we are going to uh, do this in a split episode thing. Uh, We were talking about it's going to be a shared sharing is caring cast. So when you see that this episode ends a little bit earlier than your anticipation would allow, then just click in the bottom of the show notes. We're going to do part of this on my platform, part of it on Amy's uh, Third Eye Awakening podcast. And it's just going to be this dope, beautiful, amazing thing, uh, all inspired by Joe Thomas's incredible revelations. Uh, There's I think is a bad word for it. Revelations. Uh, so, uh, let's just launch right into it. Joe. Uh, how are you doing today, darling?
1: Fantastic. It's Sunday morning here, and it's all doing very well. Very exciting times, incredible information from current sessions, and everything just keeps getting ramped up.
0: It does. Uh, our first episode started a... a, a Shitstorm, dude. Uh, no no other ways about it. And that's why we had to get this back in. So uh, if you're just finding this information for the first time, f- your first time to the show, go on back and listen to Gaia's Ascension. It's just a couple episodes back there. And uh, listen to the first part because we're just going to launch right into it here. So uh, I, I just have uh, one quick question and let's just ramp up and let's just go for it in this way. So we talked about quite a bit on the last episode, and it was very, like you said, eye-opening, but it was also very, we had, like I said, a bunch of questions come in. I'm going to be reading some from the people who have submitted them from the Soul Space group. The group will also be linked in the show notes, guys, so if you want to check that out uh, and interact with that community, it's uh, the coolest thing on Facebook, for sure. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you, we know that this reality is created by people who influence us in a lot of different ways. So Would you agree with that?
1: Yes, there are influences that we want to uh, trust and uh, navigate our lives and our belief systems around. Yes. Uh,
0: absolutely agree. And uh, do you think that those influencers have an influence on the way that people's literal lives shape, how they manifest and create things based on their power to do so through the inspiration or coercion of an influencer, let's say, uh, to do that? Do you think that they create all that?
1: Absolutely. If you have a belief system and a faith that an influencer and a professional person is saying uh, the most truth, um, people will follow that uh, blindly. Um, It is common and it's happened throughout history.
0: Absolutely so. So my question is, and we're just going to go for it right here. Are you a supervillain that really wants to end the world? And you're doing so through the collective consciousness of the people that we have given you a bigger voice to reach?
1: um well i mean i would love to say i am who i am uh, which is a mother i'm compassionate i love life i want to see my children grow i want to see um humanity blossom and and evolve and i would love to see it here on this planet and have a really harmonious connection with each other um so that is my agenda my hopes and really what I would love to see.
0: I like it. Uh, kind of a joke question. I just wanted to make sure that we could get that out of the way that you weren't using us to influence for your nefarious ends to end this world, uh, kind of Thanos style, which I half respect. I, I think that if, even if you were to do that, it's kind of an altruistic uh, means in which to uh, cleanse. I, I get it.
1: Just say, um, have you noticed the influencers who have fear and uh, selling things and really manipulating their followers. Have you noticed how popular they are? How, do you notice how huge they have platforms? Do you know, you know, like it seems like right now something's really trendy for people to buy into fear. And when you listen to one of my sessions and you jump and have a reaction of fear Mm -hmm. That is a normal reaction to the information that is coming out of our sessions. If you give yourself the respect and the knowledge and wisdom from the sessions, you may want to take some time to listen to more than just one and have a knee-jerk reaction to blame and lazily assume my agenda. And it's all out there. The sessions are free. There is many for you to explore and journey with. There is a free book that is companion to it. So for those people who want to listen to five minutes and judge, you're welcome to do that. That is your free will. However, do you really have a professional opinion that is worth labeling me as a superhero villain that's going to get you? Because I frankly don't have the time. And if I did have nasty agendas, I think I'd be a lot more popular. And a lot of other nasty agenda influences would be wanting me To prompt
0: up the fear-based bullshit. I love it. I get that vibe from you. Yeah. Can
2: I ask a question? When you're talking about those influencers, what kind of influencers? Like, you don't have to name anybody, but like, what do you mean, like politicians or celebrities, or like who? Who are you um, referring to as a like in a general group
1: rather than individuals? so everyone can influence everyone um so you don't have to have a huge platform you know parents influence their children for example so whoever you are exposing yourself to or being exposed to teachers who have love and compassion are still going to influence their students from what information from what they've been taught which is a different agenda and systems and so influences everyone can be an influencer but the 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 clients who come to me to ask about certain named influences, politicians, um, you know, uh, the truther community, uh, the spiritual community, you know, when people ask names, and I ask their subconscious questions, and then their subconscious through my client answers, that is the information that they hear. And so I think people assume that I have somehow influenced to to coerce the clients to saying the information. Okay, that's cute, but that's not understanding the actual what the process of these sessions are. This is why I have so many different clients in public sessions saying the same information. You can hear me asking questions. I'm not answering I'm not giving the information. I'm trying to understand it myself and put it into place. So therefore, those people who want to jump to assumptions that I am somehow creating this information from these people, my clients aren't fools. They're real people having real lives. They love their lives. They love their families. So, you know, it's, it's pretty... I don't know. I, I think they haven't thought about it properly for them to actually really think about um, the concepts here. Everyone's afraid. I understand that. And I've never said that everyone needs to listen to this information. I've never said everyone will understand this information. You have to be at a certain level frequency vibration to be able to even be attuned to the higher frequency information that is shared. If you are not at that frequency level and you've still got a lot of density, you're gonna find this information really irking, really triggering and pushing you and pressurizing you to actually start thinking. And that is a scary thing. No one likes change and no one wants to start thinking. And no one wants us, no one wants to think
2: about um, like most of us don't really wanna think about our mortality, right? And and like the end, I was answering, I have a membership where I share my information about this stuff and I do a monthly Q&A and I was going through questions yesterday and a lot of them were around the information that came through with your first conversation with Brandon. And, uh, you know, it was um, people, feel, people feeling really worried about like what what's going to happen with my husband or what's going to happen with my wife, what's going to happen with my children, can we change soul contracts, is there any point? And uh, the, the information that came through to me was like, this isn't this isn't new this is how it always is we don't have we're not on the same journey as our loved ones every soul is on a unique journey every soul has a unique trajectory even our our spouses our best friends our family members it's not new to be facing these things. It's just like it's brought right up in a very exaggerated way with these sessions um, and the information coming through. Like it's going to affect us all roughly at the same time, rather than because because death is the end. It we all we're all all mortal in our 3D incarnations. We will all die in our 3D incarnations. So that's not new um, information, but
1: it's being really heavily triggered. So, um, people who are afraid of death don't, um, you know, have still got some inner work to do to be able to understand what death is and what it means. And when you understand your life purpose and contracts, you're more comfortable with understanding what is being asked upon you, why you have signed up for these very heavy, intensive lifetimes. And so, those people who are still trying to find their journey on spirituality, they have got some steps to go. And usually, um, you know, the death process of one lifetime that they perceive that they're having. You know, this is the start of actually understanding what's happening here. You have to have a trust level system and trusting that this is not just the one lifetime that they had. Their faith in that is try- is tr- challenging them. Of course, we are very much in our connections of 3D lives. So we're very connected to our families, members who are here now. And of course, I I hear all the same questions. What is happening to my husband, my dog, my, you know, everyone's asking that and you know, we have to respect other people's life contracts. We, we may have had a thousand other lifetimes with a thousand other husbands. You know, focusing on this lifetime right now, yes, while it's important, we have to remember the purpose of what is going on here, why there are so many volunteers here now, why the energy is so intensive here now, why the world seems so in heightened right now, and why there's all of these things that are about to. <sighs> yes, I understand. I understand very much that people are afraid and don't want to change. They're afraid of of losing something that's very significant to them. When you remember and find out the sessions why you're having these contracts, you have you will understand it. But uh, we can't control. Other people's life contracts and this is where you have to start learning to accept that there is reincarnation you have to start learning you can't control other people's life contracts you can only accept and respect them and so this is what is challenging many people when they are starting to question these things
0: Colleen Turner actually from our soul space group was curious about reincarnation after this process. So is that something that's going to continue to occur occur on this 3D plane? Is the 3D plane even going to exist anymore? Uh, Are people still going to reincarnate here once this is done?
1: No. So many times people have asked, and this is one of the things that was starting to make me really question, what on earth is happening here? When clients were wanting to know, This has been a very challenging lifetime, Joe. Um, I want to know from my subconscious, um, what will I be doing in my next lifetime here? Because, you know, I hope I'm rich and I'm a bit more comfortable because this one really sucks. And so, you know, well, I'll ask the subconscious that, like, what are are they wanting? What will they be doing in their next lifetime? Do they have to come back here? And and what are the lessons and, and experiences that they want to have in their next lifetime? And the subconscious would start saying, no, that they're not coming back here. And I was like, oh wow, that's amazing. So have they completed all their karma and lessons here and their life journey? And uh, the subconscious will say, Well, no one's coming back here. And I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, and so we've asked, we've asked many, many, many times in sessions, um, and no one can reincarnate here um, because she physically will not be here. The body is going to be um, dealt with. And you cannot come back here. I know uh, last time that I connected in with Brandon, he wanted to know, could he um, somehow with time machines come back to a different uh, previous time when things were starting to get a bit naughty and tricky? And he um, listened because, you know, he wants to help humanity and fix this. Um, so he perceived he could go back in time and somehow, you um, I don't know, love the shit out of everyone enough that they would continually do that because that would literally be the only way that you would be able to save humanity and empower humanity and get the best for humanity is that they can love each other. And so the thing is when the life of the vessel is done and completed, um, what I guess Amy would then say is that the, the story of Gaia and this planet will be closed and put into some sort of akashic records, and we have been told that many different species and beings will be able. To, they have their own like record systems, and so whatever, however, the record of of this planet will be recorded onto. Everyone gets a copy of it for them to learn and grow from, because this is the whole purpose of these lifetimes and these experiences on these planets.
0: I uh, let me let me ask you this then. Um We. Going through, again, uh, just some of the other questions, I just want to make sure that I get these in. So I'd, I'd like to go ahead and ask you this, even if it's a little bit off topic. So uh, Morgan uh, Engel wanted to know, um, she was asking you if, the, if humanity has made a significant impact on Gaia's, like our being here, has that affected Gaia in a negative way? And if so, is there anything that we could have done as a species to save this? Or is it just the natural progression and life cycle of an entity like Gaia?
1: Her life contract was supposed to be um, much more easier and kinder, and her experiences were supposed to be the same as beautiful and and, and exploring uh, what it was like to be a 3D planet, having um, host all of these beings. Yes, of course, humanity and many others have impacted her in a not so beneficial way. It has made her incredibly dense, it has made her in trauma actually. I'm going to label it, and it was blocking and limiting her own experiences and her own life. Her contract was changed, and it was not um, actually how she had um, hoped for it, and her team also were finding it very struggling. and That's why she called out and asked for much more support, all of the people who were supporting her own life contracts. We're also needing more support because the free will of humanity was starting to go in such a negative cycle. I don't want to say negative; a denser cycle. Sorry, um, that it was starting to deeply impact her and eat up her energy. Um, um, and so uh, she was supposed to live a lot, lot, lot longer because she was supposed to be more balance and peace. And uh, she hasn't been in balance and peace for a long time. And so yes. Humanity is responsible for really um, dumping the energy. Um, So much war, so much disharmony, so much negativity, so much fear. Energetically, that doesn't go anywhere. Energetically, that just grows in certain spots on her. And so it's like almost an ulcer for her to experience
0: certain things. Like a virus.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm kind of thinking of like... You know we are hosts for trillions and trillions of different um, bacteria, right? And like our bodies have their, we have our own incarnation plans. We're our own physical embodiment in a three D vessel, and yet we are also hosts for a whole bunch of other organisms that have a different consciousness than we do. And um, it, you know, if you, if you're Laura, that you are hosting is out of balance, and the, the the bad ones are overpopulated. It contributes to our density and really shortens our um, our lifespan and our physical, like what we can do with our body. And I know that's like that's an analogy; it's not a it's not a direct linear comparison. But that's kind of what I was thinking when you were sharing this. But I so my what I've kind of found through my sessions is that. Humanity is definitely it's both. It's I mean, everything in this realm is both, both good and bad. And that's really where the free will comes in. And but humanity has really been under um a net of like a false screen, a false matrix that keeps us disconnected from the truth of who we are and what we're capable of, and that we've been like, oh. Our fair chance has been super, super hijacked. We've been um, subject to generations and generations of like incredibly profound trauma. And then also a bunch of micro trauma that, you know, we wouldn't even know to identify as trauma. And so is it that humanity, like, cause I kind of feel personally, I feel triggered by the idea that like humanity, we're just, we're just a bunch of like, shit we're a bunch of turds and we have like ruined gaia um because i feel that while we definitely we have to be responsible for the aspect of free will that we do have we've also been heavily manipulated ourselves has any of that come up through your sessions
1: Well, I would like to say that um, that is an assumption that many people have, that they are victims to their lives and their circumstances on this planet. And then the subconscious will say that this is, they knew what they were getting into. They knew that they were having life contracts to be able to um, awaken and raise the vibrations and frequency of this thing. So it's not a surprise. We've come here, yes, as a free will planet, but we are supposed to still have our experiences and being guided and navigated to be able to do our part and whatever that looks like. And so when we disconnect ourselves from our subconsciouses, uh, we will really kind of be off path a little bit. And that's what uh, a lot of light workers are really struggling with, is to be able to um, know the difference between um, the density of emotions and um, really the consciousnesses, sorry, this, the collectives um, have found that many of the people that are supporting and guiding um, are just are just too swamped. they see it as being um you know well this there's too much generational problems for us um, they don't really know how to actually navigate and expand and make uh, really powerful and profound positive lifetimes um, with this experience. Um, and so everything is purposeful I don't really feel like there is any good or bad at all it's all experiences are we going to embrace this experiences? as opportunities for growth and lessons to empower ourselves to be able to know how to expand um, in a positivity attitude with our lives. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, I understand what you are saying, um, but the subconscious would never say um, that. That's um, definitely an ego perspective of it with much love, but the subconscious would always expand on it and say the higher perspective of what's going on here.
0: You know, uh, I, I'm grateful that you both brought up uh, the concept of free will, because that is something that I personally wanted to talk to you about and ask you about. It seems like um, it's my understanding that with free will, we get to do whatever the hell we want. We get to make our choices and nothing outside of ourselves is interrupted or affects our ability to exercise our free will. So uh, it, it seems like, though, what if my free will doesn't want Guy to move on? And I'm just cool with uh, everything going on. Does that affect anything or is it more like limited free will? I would maybe compare it to like a dog park. Your dog doesn't have full autonomy just running around. You got to leash him in between trips and stuff. And then when you get to the dog park off the leash and they get to do whatever the hell they want within the confines of that perimeter. So they've kind of got free will, but they can't go outside that fence. So they can't affect the world outside of them. Is this more analogous to what's going on?
1: Yeah, it is. And it's really cute and I understand why people think that they can use their free will to control everything. That's really cute, right? You can't. You can't. I cannot. While I could try to impact uh, your perception on your world to give you the bigger perspective of it, um, you know, I'm using my free will to do that. um, And you can use your free will to listen or not. That's totally fine. Um, The reality is, Gaia is her own being, she has her own life contract, and humanity cannot change her contract and her free will in fact that's downright disrespectful and anyone that thinks that they can just not believe it because they don't want to because it's too triggering and they don't want to look at it that's fine is not going to change Gaia it's not going to change the actual <laughs> the situation I think that is um you know again very basic stepping stone of the processes of respecting and understanding the information that comes out in sessions
2: I'm curious about what percentage would you, like roughly, would you say um, what percentage of your clients in their, in their sessions um, see or like talk about, address the, the laser event and what percentage don't but still feel the huge shift that is approaching, but don't necessarily translate it or connect with the laser itself?
1: well i only ask what the clients want to ask in sessions and so many of them do want to know uh, because they're having you know when they're in meditative states they're getting information and downloads and so they want clarification of what they are seeing and so i don't have a spreadsheet of tallies of percentages of what my clients ask and don't ask Um, so what you hear me asking in sessions publicly that is the percentage of people who ask and uh, question about the laser. And so um, it is a lot uh, for people to see the laser and the satellite. Um, But those people who want to ask, I don't stop. I don't not ask my clients questions. I honour my clients. And so the clients that do come to me who want to have sessions to explore whatever they want to explore, I respect that. And... um, the clients that I'm working with right now seem to be very advanced with their connections and they have profound um, connections to their teams already without being in sessions. And so, you know, it's very purposeful who's in my life right now in terms of the session informations we're sharing publicly. Of course, I've got a whole lot of other private clients um, who are also saying the similar stuff. So it's very interesting the private sessions also do confirm the public ones.
0: So the only questions that are asked about this topic are the ones that originate from your uh, clients?
1: Sorry, can you ask that again?
0: No worries. I I just wanted to make sure, did you, whenever you say that this information comes through your clients, but they are the ones asking the questions, not you, you're just asking the questions on behalf of your clients. The only questions that you ask are those questions or do you ask any of your own for your own curiosity?
1: Um, I want when something is, I'm not confused about it or curious about it, I'll ask for them to expand it. But the public sessions, um, you know, they are um not just for my personal, not just for my client. You know, we know that they're going to be public. And so there is um, you know, I have lots of people in my life that we keep asking these sort of questions like, what does this mean? What does that mean? And so You know, my clients who do public sessions often, you know, there's a process of trusting the information because I think, God, it came out of my mouth. It was in my head. I must be making that all up. But it sounds really scary because I don't really believe in any of this sort of stuff. So there is a stepping stone for people who have these sessions to kind of accept the information because they know it's not their information. So that's a very strange thing, very peculiar thing for them to experience Uh, really detailed information of other things that aren't actually in their conscious awareness. Um, The laser event came out in one of the sessions um, from a client when I asked, is there any more information we should hear about now? And the subconscious just down, like just dumped all that information about us in the session. Uh, So I, it was a lot. Um, So, um, to help people trust um, these sessions um, that they're not um, jumping into assumptions of information. Um, They love doing blind sessions uh, where they have no idea the questions I want to ask them. And usually, you know, I've got a whole pile of questions that haven't been explored or answered and people are questioning me about all different things. And so when I do some of my public sessions, um, my clients trust me so much and they trust this information so much. They just lend their bodies to be the vessels to be able to share the information. So then the subconscious comes in and has a big old gas bag chat with me so we can understand it.
0: Are you pretty clear on what's going to happen or do you still personally have questions?
1: Um, I still, when I can describe tomato sauce to you one way and you could describe catship, the a ship, or I can't remember what you guys call it, but I, um, we're talking about the same the same tomato paste, right? Um, but your analogies and your de- definitions and descriptions are one thing and mine's another. And so, when I have different subconsciouses saying different things because of the terminologies that their clients are trying to. Because when you get the information from the sessions, you get this impulse to speak. And the subconscious is using the vehicle's language range to be able to and vocabulary to be able to describe what they're wanting it to be described. So with some sessions, it sounds very different and almost composing information, but it really isn't. You just have to be able to fit like fill in the gaps of information and apply all of the sessions that you've had as little pieces of the puzzle. Um, and so, yes, I'm still trying to understand some purposes. Like, I'm still trying to understand why people are refusing to look at their inner work. I'm still trying to understand why people are judging uh, others for holding them accountable for for not being bigger light workers when they know they should be. I'm still wondering why people are holding on to fear. I'm still wondering a whole lot of stuff. So, yeah, personally for me, I definitely have a shitload of questions about why. Light workers who should know about reincarnation, who should be so tapped into their teams that they don't need any influences, they should be so connected in and trust their intuition and guidance. So yeah, I definitely have a lot of questions about humanity and people's behaviors and reactions.
0: Yeah, but more about humanity, not about the event in which you're speaking about. Guys, ascension is just what I'm calling it. Is that? But you're pretty clear on how that's going to happen and all that. Yeah. Okay. Then I have a question from Malcolm Welch from our same um, Space group, which again, guys, will be linked in the uh, show notes. Go jump on there. It's amazing. All right. So Malcolm wanted to know a couple of things. Great questions from him uh, about the logistics of the new world. So uh, is it going to be – let's just talk about the transition. He's curious about if there are going to be big portals that open up, perhaps, physical portals that people are – you know, walking into now, would this be a centralized location kind of like a pyramids or temples or, you know, uh, what, what are points are higher off in here, a place on earth where a bunch of people gather and expect this kind of thing, or will they just kind of like want to pop up in your closet and you're like, dope 5d here we roll.
1: <laughs> so we know that there are people who are going to the new earth, but still are holding a lot of 3d density. They need more support. They can't just use their Merkabahs or go through portals and get to New Earth um, on their their own. They literally are going to be so traumatized, so dense with just the illusion of the third dimensional traumas and dramas, they will need to be escorted and gently accustomized to the frequency, like like vibration of the fifth. So when they can then be allowed, so when they can arrive, a loud sounds too hard. Sorry, undo. Um, when they arrive onto the new Earth, um, they've been customized to it. They've been adjusted to it. They understand the purposes of what happened, just happened to the planet. They have seen it themselves. They understand it. They know there's no way they can go back, and um, and so then they are. Delivered to the new, earth. so we have had many sessions about this, uh, where people can go into portals, when people can use their own bus ships, when people go into massive, big traveling generational ships that are huge, and um, and be and slowly go there. Um, the faster you can release your density and heal yourself from the traumas of the three D, the faster you can get to the new earth. So it's a choice. You can still, I heard in a session recently, people on the ships who just saw what happened to Gaia and still doubting they're going to a new Earth. So, you know, how can I, how can I truly judge those people who are doubting this information? Um, Well, first of all, they should go get their own sessions and it's free now um, you yeah, know interns in will do your sessions for free so there is no excuses people um from going out and actually doing your own inner work and finding out why am i still stuck why am i still in fear what is my life purpose why the hell am i still here and you know was i naughty and is this karma <laughs> yeah, that's the big
0: question right yeah
1: yeah yeah so um you know empower yourselves take control stop Relying on influencers to tell you about financial resets or whatever, because that just sounds like that is distracting so many people from actually knowing your own intuition, your own intentions, your guides and collectives have been begging you to stop Listening to all of this other influences telling you um, it's just everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't look. Don't think. Don't feel. You know, Your collectives have been begging you to stop and go within yourself and stop listening to how other people go within. Stop listening to other people's journeys. Start noticing your own journey. Start empowering yourself to know I have intuition. I can trust my intuition. I'm wanting to learn and know and expand and explore. This is all our responsibilities. No one can do our inner work for us. And while it may be someone else's journey that sounds very perfect and amazing and they're so special, whatever, it's not you. You are the most important responsibility for you. And so figure out what makes you feel really dense and sells you fear and have a little break. You know, it's not... It's not them, it's you. You know, you're wanting to empower yourself however you can. And uh, being distracted by political stuff can actually make us feel a bit blah. Uh, being distracted by medical stuff can feel a little bit blah. You know, we want to be able to find what gives us joy and peace. And, you know, it's very significant. And I actually have a on what you've asked me. So sorry, I went into a rant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you did great. It's awesome.
1: I think
2: part of the reason that so many people are... Resisting doing the inner work is because we we aren't ever taught. We have and and why they're looking outside of themselves for direction because we there's no conversation in our mainstream culture at all about how trauma is just an like the experience of trauma is temporary and then it passes, but you're left. With the feeling and all the beliefs and the story, everything that goes with it, and it impacts your nervous system. But revisiting it is like, it's safe to do that and how to revisit and that the process is all about feeling it through to completion, realizing you're still safe and okay, and integrating every gift that was brought to you through that experience and then it's alchemized it's not heavy in your system anymore but so many people have absolutely no idea how to do that absolutely no idea even if they are light workers and i think that's why i feel like we we have been at a disadvantage because if you you have this inkling somewhere that's not supposed to be this way but you can't remember and i agree with you completely that I believe everybody can be a channel. Like I channel, but I spent so long believing I wasn't psychic because I didn't feel like I had like the razzle dazzle experience that I thought others were having. But I always like, I will share what I channel, but I will always defer to my own truth and tell people to defer to their own truth that like, All I can do is translate it through my own bank of symbols and and context. Like you were saying with the people, your clients in session, they have to, they have to convey all this information through their language and their terminology. And each of us has to find our own way there. But I just think that's probably why so many people are. They, they're, they
1: just don't know how to do it so when you remind people that this third dimensional lifetime is about exploring oral emotions and we want to feel and explore all the range of emotions and to be able to overcome them and trust that all the triggers are to be able to feel and explore and all of the triggers are to empower us to find ourselves back to find you know to, to get gain our you know our balance and our neutral and, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, um, my advice to people who really still don't know how to even tackle their inner work, rethink now, some of the things in the past that you will refuse to look at and think of again, because, Oh my God, that ex-boyfriend, he was a monster. You know, my narcissistic friends, blah, 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 blah. Whoever you're labeling, as being that or empowering you or negatively impacting you, really look back at it now. You're mature, you're grown, but not actually in your lives. You can safely think about them without them attacking you and bringing you down. So let's look at it. What did you learn from that experience? How did you grow from that? What was that? Because when we ask in sessions, you know, about certain people, I mean, we all know that a narcissist is, a, as, you know, is an adult who has got profound broken inner childhood issues love yourself so you know think about are you avoiding any places or any uh people or what are you avoiding you know that's where your inner work is like hello you can now look at me because i'm here for you to unfold uh so you know but it's also about our childhoods we may feel like we had amazing incredible childhoods that's great but at some point did we ever feel alone or or feel like we were um, misunderstood or um, we weren't supported or we weren't loved. And and so it's really sort of just, it's not about finding the shit that's gone on in your life, but it's like when you learn, especially with these sessions, you can find out that, you know, this lifetime or some other lifetime, you had a trauma um, that really has emotionally impacted you. So it's all about emotions, mastering the emotions, acknowledging the emotions, understanding the emotions and why we do it. It never really truly is the event itself. It is what we are holding on and the emotions, any of the emotions that you're holding on, on that is blocking you from expanding your reality right brandon um um, (laughs) yeah those are the naughty things we want to release today and so you know find them what is your belief system that is holding you back what is the emotions that you're afraid of if i started empowering myself who would who would stomp on me who would tell me that I am nothing, you know? And then when was that? So going back and exploring it, um, you know, being honest with yourself in your life journey and experiences, finding out that these little gifts of nuggets of of triggers are beautiful parts to empower yourself. Beautiful. <laughs>
0: Well, you answered Trisha's question from Soul Space, so you nailed it with the shadow work thing, because that was one thing that another question that was submitted. Thank you very much, Trisha. And thanks to everyone uh, that submitted questions uh, for Joe. Uh, Everyone was, like I said, pretty damn involved in this. So thank you again, guys. Shout out. Also, Malcolm wanted to know just some fun stuff about the new Earth. So is it going to be like two suns and no moon, or are we going to have two of each? Are we going to have 12 moons? What are we doing? Are we going to have rings?
1: Uh, such interesting questions um yes well it is very beautiful it is uh it is almost what we would perceive as like heaven or paradise and that's what i was starting to worry about when i was starting to hear about the sensations because it sounded too damn good to be real and are we are we dead um we're not ghosts um
0: maybe we We might be ghosts sorry we might be ghosts you can't rule that out i've got a fun theory on that and we can get to it later if you want go ahead
1: so ghosts will be orbs. They will be seen in as orbs. Um, and so we will be physically there, but we will be a different frequency of vibration. So our bodies will be crystalline based and not carbon meat sacks that we're carry- carrying around now. Um, so yes, New Earth is fantastic i have heard it's got two suns and the earth goes around the suns like this um and the details i mean everyone wants to hear about sex right apparently uh so i'm I'm, i get to i'll see if i'll blush if i start talking about this because every time they would talk about it i would be like okay subconscious and then what happens next (laughs)
0: uh, light body orgies what are we talking about here
1: yes yeah yeah it is okay. very and you know like i i realize i'm kind of prude because when they say they will be like uh, yeah you know, the so-and-so will be having sex with multiple people i'm like oh goodness i don't feel like i'm old enough to listen to this conversation subconscious um so yes um people will try to do it the conventional way and it's okay but um Really, what you do is you merge your bodies into it. And uh we just did a session recently. So if you're gagging to hear about sex on new earth, it's actually in the title, uh, just so you can jump forward and forget about actually anything else. But um the the sex on the new earth is a very extremely energetic orgasm orgasm, I can't even say I am blushing, I can feel it. Um or uh, orgasm that is a full-body one and even eyeballs will feel that orgasmic it's very intensive um i have had a client feel it in a session um just for shits and giggles really just to kind of make them feel fun um it's very intensive very intensive so our bodies are changed so our needs have changed so we will not be eating the same foods uh we will be very community based um you know it is very very unbalanced the the density is gone, so it is profoundly uplifting. And you know, everyone's got this uh, real sense of we are truly one. I can feel you. I can sense you. It's more telepathy than um, than verbal. Um, there is a lot of differences, um, but it is it is very uplifting. Uh, people love experiencing it in sessions. They don't actually want to come back down. It is very heavy and dense, um, but you can feel the high frequency vibrations and the joy that Guy has on. The new earth It's very refreshing. Um, there is just so much beauty there. There is unicorns there um, for anyone that's a unicorn fan. Um, there is lots. There is lots going on there. And um, there is much to be done there to learn. The fifth dimension is not just a small little, um, you know, it's, it's not just a small little uh, lesson layer of lessons there's there's so much that you can learn in the fifth dimension and so um there is you know you could have lots of fun exploring and being sort of what we would perceive as magical and using energy and truly manifesting things and it's it's pretty profound you create a lot more um so it is it's phenomenal i i Uh, I know people worry because, you know, they keep hearing in sessions that we just land and, you know, you're on a field and, um, you know, there's not much kind of like, you know, there's no, no big city to like go shopping with. I mean, of course, we don't have money there because it's not that kind of, you know, we don't need to learn how to have money systems. Uh, So this is... um, why all my clients keep asking me about this strain and stress of money. And always the subconscious will be like, they don't need money. And I'm like, well, it's easy for you to say because you're like in a you know ninth dimension. So yeah, <laughs> brag. But they say to us, well, she won't be needing money or he won't be needing money because systems have changed. And I'm like, well, how have they changed? Because, you know, it's, it's quite a popular thing here. Lots of people love to live around it and they feel like they need it and it's super important. And so that's when they say um, things are changing so much. So then, you know, I started hearing about some resets and, you know, cryptocurrencies and uh, some of my clients were like, when I go to the new earth and I'm in 5D, will I still be able to have Facebook because, you know, that's how I catch up with all my friends and the subconscious is like, you don't even have internet. You know, you're so connected to each other that way. And um, I know someone that didn't want to shift to the new earth because she's still trying to work through Minecraft games. You know, like people love their lives here, even though they realize it's sometimes sticky and challenging and there is a lot of fear here. They are still kind of like complacent. Like, it's okay. I'll make it work. I don't want that. That sounds too scary, too much change. I don't want to do it. I'm very attached to my body and X, Y, and Z. So I fully get it. And I hope, and I want to say just, I am sorry for those people who are triggered with this information because, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I was starting to hear this information for the first time too. And it was not fun. It was very, very, very scary. Um, and, you know, Dolores Cannon has done lots of information and work on this when she was still alive. And of course she helps us many times in sessions as well. So there is information out there for people to actually know. This isn't just crazy Joe from New Zealand randomly somehow spellbounding her clients into saying this bullshit. Okay, that's cute. If you have to believe that, and if that gives you joy and keeps your vibration, go for it, get t-shirts and sell them. I don't care. But whatever you're trying to like cope with You know, make sure you are giving yourself the grace to be able to feel into it energetically. Do your meditation however that feels like. Run if you meditate running. Do whatever you need to do. This is a time to go within and ask your teams. Your teams are like, use your free will, guys. We're here for you. You haven't called us. They're like, you haven't loved us lately. Um, But it's kind of like acknowledge them. You don't have to go to someone to have your team talk to you. They know it's you. They know you and they know how to get hold of you. So ask, use your free will, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, you're all very important to them. This is their literally their life contract to help support and guide you. So you ask them, ask them. Don't ask other 3D people who have no idea who you are. Ask your guides who are higher dimensional beings who literally are of purpose to help support you. So stop asking for other 3D people. Ask your higher teams. Respect your higher dimensional beings. They feel like they're like, yes, please, that would be fantastic.
2: <laughs> I have a couple of questions for you. So one of the questions that I know um, people were asking, I think I'm just going to rattle the two questions three questions off together and just let you have at it. Cause I really like listening to you. <laughs> um, so, so one question I know that I have and other people have is like, how does the, how do, um, how do the really young children go? Do they, I know this leads into all kinds of problematic little things that have to be teased apart. So just that question, do they have shadow work that they have to do? Um, And I think also my mind is like mentally trying to prepare with like, am I going to watch my children die in this 3D incarnation, knowing that I will see them um, in like in after the shift? Um, That's a question that I have. And I know a lot of other people have asked me about that, too. And guys, I don't know. And then the other question that this kind of leads into is, do you think it's possible that. Different people will experience it differently, meaning that some people will experience it as um, like the the virus and injection narratives. A lot of people dying that way. Some people will experience it as um, people dying, maybe in a lot of suicides or car accidents or natural disasters or this the laser that some people are seeing or or are there are there. Oh, my God, I have so many questions for you.
1: <laughs> Maybe I'll just leave it there and then I'll hold on to the other ones. Yeah. Okay. So many people get confused and think that they're little innocent, little cute children that are these, you know, uh, you know, sweethearts um, are vulnerable little victims who are completely clueless to what's happening for humanity. Trust they are bigger, advanced beings here for a very significant purpose. They would not be having karma to play out, um, you know, and and be stuck here or or, or whatever. So, um, a lot of parents still want to, you know, with much love, uh, be worried about their children. Um, because they're just these little kids that, you know, these adults are protecting. Uh, Chances are the children are there to protect the adults from overthinking and, you know, freaking out. And so um, they are advanced beings. Just because they're in little bodies doesn't mean that they are not advanced beings. And the children who have been given to this planet to help their ascension are very purposeful. And so we can trust that they are here uh, for a very, you know, for purposeful reasons. Uh, It's a very common question, so I'm not trying to... um, you know i'm just trying to remind everyone um just because you know this information doesn't mean that no one else does and you know the souls that have been born here now and have been recently very well knew just like you knew uh, what was happening when you were born of course things change we were supposed to uh, graduate and evolve on this planet but you know fast forward 40 years and you know Things have changed, is is not being empowered um, enough to be able to uh, have it that way, unfortunately. So things have changed uh, for guys' contract. Um, So, yes, I understand. Uh, People would prefer not to see their loved ones die. You know, that's that's an obvious. Um, So what's in your life contract? You know, why would your why would you want to have in your life contract to see the death of your children before you? It's a very challenging experience to have, and not that many people would prefer to have that experience. Most families will shift together unless those people need to stay on the old earth for various reasons. And so, you know, it's again emotions, understanding life cycles, understanding reincarnation. You know, it's mastering these things, not being afraid of them. We can all speak about spirituality until someone dies and then we you know, think we can justify losing it. They haven't gone anywhere. And if you can connect, connect in with your teams, they'll be right there like, hey, I love losing my neat sack. I'm feeling fantastic. And I just checked out a whole bunch of other stuff recently. And, you know, they feel sorry for us because we so indulge in the low density of grief. And the reality is grief is us feeling them. And feeling their love that they have for us because they feel so sorry for us because they're like, oh, my gosh, they think I'm not here. I'm literally right here seeing them do big snot bubbles and crying hysterically because I've gone and I'm right here and I'm right here and they know about reincarnation and I'm right here. And so, you know. Let's, let's remember all the things we've learned and actually having to apply them is very significant. And so, you know, most of the times I have heard, you know, families will go together, including the pets. You know, the pets are still, you know, important too. And so anything that you hear from these sessions that trigger you into fear is opportunities for you to grow from and balance the fear. You know? How many lifetimes have we had that we have died? How many other lifetimes have we had that we've had to see the death process from others and accept it and experience it? Um, This is where trust and faith of actually what's going on and the life cycles and the purposes for everything, you know, that's when we actually have to kick it up and um, apply what we know it's all cute and fine to be saying spirituality and uh, reincarnation but actually understanding and trusting and overcoming those emotions when we are faced with them that's the experiences that we're here for so i mean of course i would love to say no mother and no father and no one will see anyone die Uh, I would love to say that. I would love, I would love, I would love to use my free will to be like, can we just not have any more trauma, please? Because we're we're done. And, you know, that's really cute. And I could ask all the subconsciouses and I could ask all the collectives, please, can you help us now? We're done. We don't want to be triggered anymore. It's too fucking hard. And, you know, they will laugh at me and be like, life contracts. This is their first lifetime here. They want to experience how hard it is to see someone you love depart because then you will actually truly understand and respect life. How many people do you know that don't respect life? How many people do you know that take life for granted? You know, there's big, big lessons and experiences here and we have to be brave to explore all of them and consider all of them. And I would prefer to feel into this stuff and come to neutral now, (laughs) then ignore it and have to experience it to overcome it. That would be sort of my recommendation for those people.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the ultimate kick in the ass. It's kind of like all the people that we're talking about now, her high vibe who get it, who have been doing their work, their shadow work, their vibrational work. And this is a community that even the people that are going to listen to this, this is a very small number of a percentage of the population on this planet right now. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be aired for that much longer. So, you know, it's we have kind of a finite limited time to express these ideas. But the kick in the ass part of it also for the people not paying attention to this stuff or not critically thinking for themselves or stuck in these systems because because either they're a new soul or they just refuse to see it. And it, have just chosen another path, which is totally fine. That's their path. But it does seem like that would be a damn good motivator to kind of get on board with this idea. When you see a portal open up and everyone's 5D banging over there. And the closest thing we can do, all the depraved, most nasty, crazy stuff over here is like dry humping or like just the tip over there. They want to go over there like, hell yeah, let's do this. But they can't. But that's like a good motivator for them, right? If you see a portal open up. And that's, that's kind of the thing that we're, I guess... Really wanting to get a little bit more clarity on for sure. I mean, me specifically, and I know I speak for everyone that's heard this. What the hell does this look like? Like, is this going to be that crazy and eye opening to where it's nothing like any of us could have ever imagined physically occurring on this place? Even people like us that have open minds to the extreme. If a portal opened up right here, I'd shit my a little bit of poo. I'm telling you, it just be a little bit, but it'd be awesome, and I'd, I'd jump right into that bitch probably. But that's the thing; it'd be so fantastical, even with our open minds, that to other people, they'd lose their damn minds. Is it going to be that type of an event?
1: Yeah. Um, yes. So when we uh, when we shift out of our carbon based bodies, it's it's very instant. Um, some people who are on the old Earth may look may consider that we have left by you know uh, disasters or um, you know we are hearing now um, in this timeline frame the last timeline frame that we're in for this planet. Um, people will look like they have exited points from you know the health issue. Actually, listen to that session. It was really heartbreaking to hear um, the virus and the over oxygenated, oxygenated. Oh, I can't even say it. The lungs expand so much because they're getting blood pumped so much oxygen, and it bursts the blood vessels of the lungs. It doesn't actually. It's not the the virus it's um like whispering Then it's not anyway sorry. The- sorry uh, sorry i hate being censored <laughs> um with youtube because it just bothers me because um you know it's not our conscious minds even speaking in these sessions it's the subconscious and the higher dimension beings. Anyway, um, <clears throat> you know um say voice. what you want um, we'll throw it on
0: rock fan they're uh good people over there so they won't censor us um
1: okay so Yes, many people will have different exit points and it's very purposeful to awaken those who are still here. Um, I know some people are triggered by the information from the sessions because they firmly believe no one's going to be left behind. Correct. When the earth is imploded, no one's going to be here. Correct. Technically, no one will be left behind. There is stages of people shifting very significantly. Um, I keep asking them, why the delay? why the delay just you know between friends tell us why the delay and they just said humanity wasn't ready and so what we keep getting told recently now is that the light workers who are supposed to be high dimensional beings vessels here to support many haven't even touched their inner work feeling like they're victims, being hit so hard. My life's hard, you don't realize. My life's hard. So um, they haven't really stepped up to what their urges, their team are wanting them to, to do. And so right now they're wanting to empower lots of light like workers to be honest and responsible for their inner work and be able to heal their life trauma from this lifetime and any other lifetimes so they've had to then be able to truly and honestly support those who are left in trauma. So, you know, um, so this is the delay. It's not the reptilians all the dark forces they have done their thing they're still doing their thing to awaken people to the reality of control and manipulation and fear-based stuff so it's the light workers who need to release all their trauma now so then this is the crazy thing right so I was like um so we're needing to release our trauma to then be traumatized by the laser got you that makes heaps of sense but the reality is it's not about us Okay, it's actually about our service to others, to help others support them and nurture them through the trauma of the emotional trauma. Why are we upset that people have exited? Oh, that's right. Because we care about others. We care about life. We care about life. Life's just been taken from us because most of the people that are going to be traumatized by the laser are going to have things like death. And be reminded that it's fleeting. You could be just driving in your car and suddenly something ridiculously huge happens and we're all vulnerable. And so those are the emotions. When people are avoiding the whole virus thing, we're supposed to freak out people about their mortality and to go with and have these lockdowns, stay at home for a bit and embrace the family and grow. And so, you know. There's so much to it. It's so obvious when you kind of hear it from their perspective. And I've asked all these questions heaps and heaps and heaps of times. Those people who really um, want to know, and it sounds like they've got really great valid questions that I've heard many times before. And so when I hear these questions, because I have, I have had these questions myself um, and, you know, all of my clients have too, they're in the sessions. The information is free to you if you want to be guided to the right, most appropriate information for you. Ask for team. Guys, I want to check out a video right now. Guide me to it. And then trust your instincts to go for it. It's easy. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to listen to someone else's blah. Listen to their high dimensional information. You know, it doesn't have ego. You know, it has a very high perspective. Sometimes you think, damn, you're so ruthless with your like high dimensional stuff. This is feelings. That's so hard. And um, they know it. And this is what sort of, this is what I find people get irritated with. They, the high dimensional beings don't understand how hard it is for us. They're completely oblivious to it. It's hard they haven't they don't know they haven't been here uh oh, okay that's cute that is a cute assumption that they're completely oblivious to it While well, they know what the feelings are they don't play with those feelings because they know it doesn't serve them they know why we're here they know how hard it is they're very much aware and you know if you have this assumption that they're oblivious our high dimensional beings are oblivious where is your ego? Check your own ego here. But if you think that you're the only person that knows high dimensional information or you know better than high dimensional, it's just not possible.
0: So you're, you're fine. I just wanted a little bit more clarity on the uh, transition, because what it sounds like when you say natural disasters, exit points, these are 3D things that we all encounter here anyway. This is nothing fantastical. So to everyone left behind, it would just look like, oh, shit, a ton of people got taken out by a tsunami or a ton of people got taken out by, I don't know, something very 3D. So this is why I was asking, is it going to be so extra in the, in the form of whimsy and woo-woo that it's going to be very noticeable that it's not just a 3D thing, that it's a very uh, powerful, spiritual, extra-dimensional type of a thing? Because tsunamis and stuff don't sound like that at all. That just sounds like people dying. All right, that is part one of the two-part Guy's Ascension part two. I don't know what the fuck's going on with these parts anymore, guys. But either way, go uh, down into the show notes and to hear the rest of this conversation, it's completely free, go over to uh, Amy Belair's podcast, The Third Eye Awakening, and check out the second half, the sloppy seconds to this episode here. It's uh, it, gets, it gets very interesting. You're definitely going to want to check it out for sure. Uh, so... Go check the show notes, guys. Uh, As far as this show goes to wrap up this episode for this platform, uh, check the show notes, uh, expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where links to all socials, all everything else can be found. And before you go here, part two, if you happen to come across somebody that's in need of anything, help them out. Be nice to everybody that you come across. Open doors, buy a meal or a coffee or something simple, right? Get out of the left-hand lane, pick up a piece of litter. Don't litter in the first place. That's always a great place to start. And above all and beyond else, uh, I just want you guys to know before you go over and hear part two that is linked in the show notes, uh, go out there to this beautiful place, whatever this is, and y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening. Go check out part two. Okay, bye.